You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. This week on Carly's Couch, we talk about domestic violence, the signs, things to look for, ways to get help or to share resources with others, and ways to support those going through domestic violence or experiencing it. Welcome, welcome to Carly's Couch. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for leaving reviews. Dang, we have one we're supposed we to do. read. We do. We appreciate you. Yeah, have we'll start with the question from the couch, <laughs> and then we'll go into the review, because we really okay. appreciate it. So I'll, I'll talk about this question. So this week, we asked, what's your favorite thing about yourself? Mm. And we got a lot of cute answers. Some were um, uh, outward things, like looks and stuff. Some were their personalities. Some were how they treat people. Um, but a lot of people said their sense of humor, which is always a good thing. I appreciate a good sense of humor. Um, we had a few people say their smarts or their intelligence, which is definitely something to be proud of. Um, one person said their toughness. And I agree with that too. I, I One thing I like about myself is my tenacity and perseverance, um, being able to make it through a lot of hard times. What else do we get? Mm-hmm. Um, being able to hold a conversation with anybody, which is a great yeah, that's skill admirable. to have. I like that. Um, kindness from a few people. Eyebrows, so shout out to them brows. Shout out Ray. <laughs> um, work ethic, creativity, and heart. Oh, yeah, those are, that's a good list. Um, what would you say was something that is your favorite thing about yourself? Uh, similar, I would probably say my heart. There's a lot of things that I enjoy, but my heart for sure. I would say like sense of adventure. Um, yeah, and like exploring exploring and stuff like that that's that's one of my favorite things about you too thank you (laughs) okay so thank you (laughs) so we have a review um conversations for transformation from lb mac user i've been an avid listener for a few years now and will honestly say i never leave an episode unchanged go ahead i'm sorry i'm trying to eat this little cereal bar because i ain't ate nothing get rid of that wrapper you're right i'm sorry (laughs) come on now (laughs) <laughs> there we go. Damn. Okay. We My gonna, first time. Look, hold on. I'm going to restart. I'm because sorry. I'm going to restart because we appreciate y'all. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. I was just like, whew, I'm sweating. I've been an avid listener for a few years now and will honestly say I never leave an episode unchanged. Whether it's the unique and relevant topics that hit or the personal stories that inspire, Carly's Couch is a place I'd like to take a seat on one day myself. I commend the both of you for your commitment to creating transformational conversations. Keep shining your light, ladies. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. And whoever you are, if you do want to be a guest, you can always hit us up and let us know, you know, a little more detail about it. Um, I want to be a guest on um, my dog Marquise's mm-hmm. um, podcast. Uh, what's it called? In a Bean? No. Keeping it a Bean. Keeping it a Bean. Um, and so, like, I'm actually literally going to hit him up and, and see when I can pull up to Philly. Because that's, that's pretty cool to be on other people's podcasts. Yeah, as I said, there's a couple that y'all might be seeing us on or seeing us partner with coming up mm-hmm. in the future. Um, but, so shout out to you for leaving a review. If you haven't left us one in a long time, if you never have, leave us one um, so we can read them. It also helps us stay in the top, what is it, 50% of podcasts. Yeah. So keep doing that. Um, okay, now to the business. So October is Domestic Violence or Intimate Partner um, Violence Awareness Month. And this is really important to me because I grew up around domestic violence slash intimate partner violence. And I think it's really important. And I think it's a very taboo subject that it's a lot more talked about now, but I still think there are so many things that 
we don't know that people, if you've never dealt with it, you may not be able to recognize, you might not know how to handle it if you have a friend who's in a situation. So we're going to talk about all those things today. Mm-hmm. And there has been some progress in reducing the um, accounts of domestic violence, but what are the stats looking like right now? An average of 20 people are physically abused by intimate partners every minute, mm-hmm. more than 10 million abuse victims annually, um, four in 10 American women, and nearly three in 10 American men experience wow. domestic violence. So four in 10 women and three in 10 men. And there, there is a lot of men who experience mm-hmm. um, what would be called domestic violence as well. And a lot of times they may not want to talk about it so much because it's, you know, seems like that makes them weak or like, mm-hmm. how could they be the ones in that situation? But um, actually, I definitely see how that happens. And that's something we could talk about too. It's not necessarily just a thing where it's like, oh, you want to hit on somebody or hurt somebody. Um, At the foundation of domestic violence is this need for control. That's a good way to keep people in your control when you are um, threatening them with physical violence and when you are withholding things from them, making them dependent on you, et cetera. So imagine that type of an environment um, that, that is what domestic violence looks like. Yeah. And a lot of times there is also emotional violence and and things that follow it too, like verbal abuse that also go with them. But mostly we're focusing on like domestic violence. And in a lot of the things we'll talk about that, you'll you'll notice there are probably some instances where that's like emotional and mm-hmm. verbal assaulting as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of things that go into it. So Carly, in your experiences, what do you feel comfortable sharing about what you've seen um, um, of domestic violence or like what you know about it from your own life? Yeah, I'm actually very comfortable. Um, I shared my story with um, with growing up around domestic violence with a nonprofit organization out of New York called Children of Domestic Violence. I won't go into that because that's going to be another episode in the future. Um, but I grew up around it. My mom receiving, being on the end of very terrible physical violence. I'm seeing that firsthand from the time I was three until I left for college, pretty much. Um, I've also seen it. I've had friends in situations, both guys and girls. Um, the men, it's less of, it was interesting because it's like less of, oh, it's violence to Nah, She's just crazy. That's just how she mm-hmm. is. Whereas like on the women's side, it's like, no, nah, we knew what it was, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I've seen, had friends in, in that. Thank God I've never had a partner um, abuse me or been in any type of situations like that. Although if you grew up around domestic violence, you're 80% more likely to be an abuser or an abusee in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that is also very prevalent. Um, but yeah, I've just seen it all over firsthand in every possible way that you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't grow up seeing it with anybody. Um, And the only friends I can think of that like have really talked to me about it have been men, um, a couple of men, no, like three who've been in different experiences. Um, Even from things as air quote slight as like while you're driving, they like hit, you know, shoving you while you're driving, kind of like, the, oh, we can both go off the side of the road type thing, um, to um, they were, I don't know if this counts as domestic violence, but like I, they're, they're a parent, like being very violent with, seeing them be violent with like the rest of everybody in the family and them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it does. And cases of um, police being called on them and being like accused of domestic violence, which... It is still valid because even if you like push somebody or whatever, like, um, but that it can really uh, snowball into a lot 
Um, and so I remember that was just like an experience that lasted like years of trying to just even clear those things up. Um, but I think really we see it a lot in the media also. Um, think about all the music that we listen to um, and talk about like not caring about um, that woman or this woman or hurting them. Um, thinking about even even our icons like um, Tina Turner and the fact that that's such a reference, a pop reference that's mm. in so many songs, so many movies and jokes and everything. Um, there's lots of women who had that experience in um, in a uh, celebrity celebrity arena where like they went through something, but it became kind of like an ongoing more of a joke than than actually being there to help them. Um, and then thinking about like other movies and things like I feel like you see it a lot. Like you feel you see somebody get slapped a lot. Um, yeah. And, and I want to say there's like certain contexts and backgrounds that you tend to they show it more in. But um, yeah, like, you know, it's a thing. Um, but um, thankfully, it hasn't been like super, super close to me. Yeah. And I think that kind of normalizes it. Like when you see it so much. Um, like I said, now it's being talked about more and being aware and like signs and warning signs. But back in the day when it was happening, like I couldn't talk to anybody about what was going on. Mm. And I saw how it was whenever my mom would talk to people and the shame that comes along mm. with domestic violence and the judgment that comes along with domestic violence. And just I think it's such a pervasive thing. It's like it gets normalized and then everybody thinks that they, you know, I wouldn't be in that mm -hmm. situation. I wouldn't stay there until it happens to you. Mm -hmm. But people can be real high and mighty and really judgmental but if you've never actually dealt with it and understand how debilitating it can be to a person mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all those things. Mm -hmm. Because you saw it for so many years, did you know it was wrong or like, you know what I mean? Like how long did it take you to process like what was going on or did you feel the need to like to do something or are you just like oh well she's reacting a certain way so i'll just react that same kind of way nah i was i've been fighting i, I started fighting back early because mm -hmm. i was like no nah, you're not gonna hurt my mom mm -hmm. like i don't like this um you know for whatever reason he never put his hands on me thank god um but yeah i used to boy try to protect her and be cussing him out and fighting him and all that stuff because i knew it wasn't right because it was hurting her mm -hmm. from the very beginning and how did you watch her deal with it? What did she do? Um, I just saw how it broke her down, how it turned her into a person who then would like, you know, go flip off the rails for no reason at him, you know, mm. different things. Like and probably I watched, at other people too. Well, mostly just him, mm. but sometimes at other people, but mostly just him. But I just watched it like break her down. And then I also watched as she did try to get help or try to leave or try to do different things, how other people, like I said, would be very judgmental mm. and like look down on her. And so mm. it just becomes like you get stuck in this box. It's, it's almost like it seems almost as if you're damned if you do, damned if you don't when mm. you're in these situations. Because like, if especially if you have kids and you're really trying to take care of a situation, you might have to think about financially. How can I leave? How can I support them? I don't want to rip my kid from their school. What do I need to do? But mm. then you want to work with bruises. It's like, what do you do? And then your family is judging you. How do you handle those situations? Yeah, that is actually interesting because also it's like, even if you're trying to get help, um, it seems like something where just like when people kind of have judgment of people who may be um, unhoused and things of that nature, it's like, they're looking at you like, well, why are you, or have you been there so long? Or, um, well, you don't have anything for yourself or I don't know. It feels like in those situations, people kind of tend to, to do tend to judge you a little bit more, um, 
either way. And it's like, whether you stay or don't stay. And it is a lot of factors to think about, especially when, remember we said it's about control. So in the case where it's like, oh shoot, well, maybe they are bringing in most of the income to this home or um, maybe it's their home, their house or whatever it might be, that that is a factor you have to consider <clears throat> or at least a factor that makes it maybe hard to figure out what to do. Yeah, and even like, so taking it off my mom to like my friends, <coughs> excuse me and other people that i know have experienced it like as recently as a few years ago and it's like a beautiful person has their own things and all that but end up in this situation where they just really want someone's love so sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just also like people preying on people's traumas and so they know that you want love and so they'll love bomb and then withhold love and do all these things and then Mm -hmm. it becomes physical abuse Mm -hmm. and so but i do want to talk about the why don't people just leave um because i feel like that's a question that gets asked so often when it comes to these and so it's like well okay if you know they don't want to do that why don't you just leave i would never let somebody do that to me Mm -hmm. okay well here's some reasons why victims um stay can be really hard to understand why someone you care about would seemingly choose to stay in an abusive or unhealthy relationship but some of them might have fear of harm if they leave so for example when me and my mom tried to leave all right my stepdad would chase us and so that mm-hmm. became a thing like you think about enough and all that like sometimes it's very hard for women to get out of the or men mm-hmm. to get out of these situations yeah because sometimes they they can even like like you said, come after you, try to find you. And then it's like even more harm. I guess if, if somebody's already harming you, then you have to be so careful about everything I do, every move I make. Could that be the one where they like completely go off? And then we do see those cases all the time mm-hmm. um, at the slightest inconvenience to these uh, abusers. So that is true. Also, um, it's hard to leave because you really do love this person you are you probably love this person um and you really do hope that they will change you want the you want to believe the best in them and like carly kind of alluded to before these aren't usually like people who are like always mean to you no they will be super nice to you and so it almost kind of gaslights you and i feel like well when they do turn up like what what am i doing that's that's changing them or making them do something to me um, and so you see that positive part of them, you see um, that light and you you just try to believe in that um, and you want to see them be, you know, who you think that they can be. And so you still continue to love them and, and be there. I think that's a really huge one. And then also, like if they're promising you that they're going to change, mm-hmm. but, you know, again, preying on the traumas, if they can convince you that it's your fault that they react, then it becomes you always trying to fix everything mm-hmm. and do that. But I think a big one societally that keeps people in these situations mm-hmm. is like, oh, marriage is supposed to be for better or worse. This is just part of worse. Yeah. You know, if my grandma could do this and our, a lot of our grandparents maybe couldn't leave marriages because they couldn't buy houses, didn't have their own money and stuff back then and were getting abused. And so that kind of normalized it then, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a shame that you feel more shame for leaving a marriage um, than to stay and be getting hurt. Um, Also, people will stay for their children. So Carly also just alluded to this, where it's like you consider, you know, the neighborhood, your kids going to school. You consider um, if you can take care of them in the same way, you're considering um, if harm might come to the child. So you may have other people that you want to try to protect and therefore you become maybe a martyr um, and the person who's like, well, I'll take all of this um, from this person and, and hope that the child will be okay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when you get broken down in these situations, you lack confidence mm-hmm. to go out and do anything else or think you deserve better. And then I forgetting who you are. Yeah, that's but that's a big part of abuse and being mm-hmm. able to control people is if you take away their power, that's also isolating them, making them feel lonely. And um, the abuse and brings a lot of shame, like I said, in their families and stuff. So people can actually start to cut them off. Well, she if she doesn't leave this time, I'm not going to be there to support them. Mm-hmm. And so you end up in this situation where you're alone. And it's like, you don't really have anywhere else to go, you feel like. Yeah, and sometimes when uh, you do want to go, it's like, it'll be your own family sometimes, or like, you know, people at your church or your friends who's like, Mm -hmm. and and it's very possible a lot of times that other people haven't seen that side of of the person. Nine times out of 10, I bet they haven't. Yeah, that they don't see that side. Um, And so it, it just makes you seem like a crazy person. And then lack of means, so job, money, transportation, a key tactic in abuse is like I said, cutting people off and making the abuser be their sole like provider, sole source of love, sole source of this. And so if they're able to successfully do that, it becomes very hard. Like if they're monitoring your phone records and stuff, this is like I said, mm-hmm. the very far end of the mm-hmm. spectrum, but on the very light side, it could be that person who keeps telling you all your friends are hoes, you shouldn't be hanging out with them mm-hmm. and tries to start cutting people out of your life like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so think about all those reasons. If if you know anybody who is dealing with or has dealt with um, a domestic or intimate partner violence, then think about um, and have the empathy to see which of these things may be kind of keeping them there um, and listen to them if they're willing to talk to you about it. Um, and yeah, and just I would say just have that empathy around the situation because we all get caught up in different situations that you think you know you're above or too good for. Um, but like Carly said, sometimes our traumas or or where we are can have us um, kind of stuck in a place that's hard to get out of. Mm-hmm. And so here are some signs that a person you know might be dealing with domestic violence. We alluded to this in the beginning: bruises, scrapes, mm-hmm. um, black eyes, signs of physical abuse, grab marks, etc. Like if you start to just notice random bruises and they're not clumsy, or like more than usual, or hand-shaped bruises and scratches and things, mm-hmm. that could be a sign. Yeah, especially on their face. Um, and so a lot of times, and we see this in movies where they'll start wearing like sunglasses everywhere, um, or they might have on long sleeves and it's hot outside, um, putting on heavy, heavy makeup. If it seems like they're they're dressing differently to try to cover something, um, then it may be worth kind of paying a little extra attention to see if there's something going on. If you've noticed that they become very apologetic, like over apologetic and meek, um, very fearful acting, more reserved in their behavior. Um, like feeling like there's a lot of shame or that they, if you, if you notice a a pattern in conversation, you know, I did this. And so he kind of went off on me, you know, but if I wouldn't have done that, then he wouldn't have done this. If you notice that they're starting to equate someone else's reactions with their behavior, there's probably something going on there. Mm -hmm. And this is pretty fairly to recognize. I would say um, a couple of weeks ago while working, um, we were at a studio and one of the camera operators um, to the director, he kept being like, uh, excuse me, can I can I go for a little break? Can I use the bathroom? Or like, where, can, like he kept asking so many questions. He's like, yeah, you can do what you want to do. And then, like people start looking at him like, he's like, yeah, he's kind of acting like he's been abused or something. Like, you know, when you're used to um, your control being taken from you, then you really look to with any um, kind of figures or a partner, like you're really looking for like permission to live and to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just the way he's acting, it was so interesting because even people in the room are like, is, is he being abused? Is he okay? Um, Cause it was so like small um, 
that we really were like trying to empower him. Like, yes, you could do whatever you want to do. Like you're doing a great job. And like, you know, feeling like we were trying to give that back to him. But when people are acting in that way, then it's kind of interesting to think about who it might be in their family. Who's kind of put them in that position, um, whether it's violence or not. Mm -hmm. If they start self-isolating or canceling a lot of plans or y'all used to go to yoga every Tuesday, but now she doesn't come where she does. He has to come with her or different things like that. Looking out for that. Um, Anything where you notice people are starting to be isolated or cut off. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Um, canceling, isolate, becoming isolated or like cutting off people like that could also be a sign of violence. Mm -hmm. Also, when a person feels like paralyzed to make decisions because they're not sure like how their partner will react or, you know, just like super cautious about, you know, doing the right thing or the wrong thing, um, then that could be a sign um, if they can't do anything without their partner telling them it's okay that there may be some domestic violence. And then noticing if control shifts in their life, like if they're having to ask their partner if they can go places and do things, if the partner, if y'all are out is receiving, if they're receiving like constant texts and calls and check-ins, um, if they have to ask their partners for money all of a sudden, not having access to their vehicle, all of those things. And I want to reiterate that um, Lexi brought up a really good point. A lot of times people don't appear this way to everybody, it might only be the person that they're abusing. So one, um, don't think like, oh, they're such a good person. They would never do that. You don't know. Mm -hmm. You really don't know how people are. Um, and also like, if you notice those things with your friends, even if you have a really high view of their partner or whomever they're dating, like believe them, believe mm -hmm. them. Cause you really never know. And in the same vein, sometimes it's interesting that the person who is being abused, it may be somebody that you would think like, oh, they would never, you know, put up with whatever. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it is those like air quote extra strong people who, um, you know, it's like they feel like they found somebody where they can like kind of not have to be in a certain position. And then it it all kind of comes tumbling down on them, too. So um, you really never know. So like really listen to people, believe them um, and pay attention to them if they come to you. And now that I think about it, most of the people that I know are people who they would be like, mm -hmm. what? Even my mom was like that. You know, people are like, well, not Carla. What do, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. But then also extending this. So it might not even be that serious of a control. Like this is an extreme of domestic violence, but it could be something so small as shoving you, grabbing you, pushing you, doing things like that. Like um, when I talk about some of my guy friends, it was very similar in the car. The woman would smack them or push them mm -hmm. or do something or go crazy and start hitting them like in their chest and stuff if they didn't like what the dude was doing like that is domestic violence too that is domestic violence yeah and um with that being said like it's very important before we go into like how to um help somebody in and when you have people who are dealing with it it's very important for us to just remember to keep our hands to ourselves like period um i would say that especially to women because i think mm -hmm. a lot of times um women can feel like they have not a past, but like, you know, I'm not really trying to hurt you or no, I'm not going to hurt you, hurt you. Um, but even like throwing stuff at people, pulling out stuff, threatening to hurt somebody, like there's definitely just signs that you need to get some other type of help, um, help and, or you need to leave a situation. Um, because I've, I've even myself been like to the edge with somebody too, um, to where it's just like, like, what else can you do besides like, just get them out of your way. But also for the men, like, of course, don't, I think, I think it's more uh, socially pushed, like, hey, don't put your hands on women, um, but uh, more than it is for women, because most of the victims are women, but 
um, those stats that Carly said at the beginning about three out of 10 and four out of 10 is um, pretty up there for a lot of people. And so it is really have a big focus on you and how you show up in the world and show up in your relationships um, and pay attention and be sure that while you may be looking at other people or quick to judge other people, that you are not um, the one that's disrespecting other folks yourself. Mm-hmm. And again, domestic violence, a lot of times manifests as physical things, but there's also a lot of emotional and verbal abuse that happens and not recommended staying in those situations too, because mostly those escalate to other things. Mm-hmm. So what can you do if you're successful? suspecting that someone else is dealing with domestic violence. So if you see some of those signs and you're not really sure or, or that they, you know, might be saying something to you, what can we do? The first one is to not be judgmental, mm-hmm. like just open space um, and, and create a, a brave and safe space for them to share and listen, because it's, it can be really hard to stay in someone's life when they are experiencing. So let's say someone does open up, but making sure that you do so in a way where you just give them a little bit of space to talk and kind of whatever they need, because that can help them from feeling self-isolating. So being non-judgmental and then being there when you can, but also having your own boundaries too, because it can be very messy and it can be very heavy and it can be a lot. Can you talk more about that? Like what makes it difficult to, to stay in a person's life if you know that they're dealing with domestic um, violence? So great question. Um, I had a friend because I like outside of my mom, like I said, I've had friends who have been in situations and they keep going back and oh, they I stay. And, and we talked about at the beginning, like, mm-hmm. why do they stay? And there's a lot of reasons that don't make sense to us, but it doesn't matter. We're not in it. And so what I did with one of my friends was I just held space for her, but mm-hmm. I realized it was a lot for me to handle, mm-hmm. especially with my past. Like, you call me every week about you your know, issue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't want to be like, man, bump this, bump him, bump you. You just choose this. Right. <laughs> but it's like, you know, if you love people, like all I did was create a space and talk when I couldn't answer, didn't answer when mm-hmm. I couldn't. You know what I mean? But I didn't judge her for it. And I had to be very careful not to be like, damn, we talked about this shit last right. week. You know what I'm saying? Because it does get, here. bro, it, it gets hard. But I, I've, I think be, I yeah, have, I think I have a certain special empathy for it because I grew up around it and I saw it with my mom and I saw how it broke her down. So I mm-hmm. understand the mental like impact and the spiritual impact and how it really breaks down the person like from the inside out to where, you know, they might seem strong and stuff outside, but now they're in this trauma cycle. And so if you can like hold whatever space you can with them, still go to the yoga class, still take your dogs on a walk together around the block, whatever you can do, just try to create that non-judgmental space. Cause most likely they don't really have it a lot of other places. Like one of my friends who just went through it a couple years ago, her family stopped fucking with her because mm. she didn't leave the situation. So I was literally one of the only people that she could mm-hmm. talk to about it. And so I was like, look, let me try to stay in your life because I would hate for you to end up on the news. Yeah. But also if you're, if all of your family is like, we can't take this anymore. Like, are they wrong? Do you think that they are wrong or like? Um, I think you have to do whatever you do to honor yourself. Cause in a way, it almost seems like they're trying to cover their own guilt too of like, or shame rather like, oh, you're in this position. Like, you know, people are telling you to do something different and we, like, we want to distance ourselves. Like we don't have anything to do with it. Um, I think it's just, it becomes hard to watch this. I, to me, I, I liken it to, and not to. But then you pretend like it's not happening. No, no, we would talk about it. And I would just. Um, let me go into some of these other things. So listen, mm-hmm. give them a listening ear, holding mm-hmm. space. You validate their feelings. 
And then you help guide them to resources and help them create an exit plan. So whenever her and I would talk, I would hold space. And also I would affirm, no, you didn't cause him to do that. Mm -hmm. He is an abuser. Mm -hmm. And she's like, like correcting her. Yes. Thinking. Correcting her thinking. Mm -hmm. Cause it starts to mess with your thinking. So we'll call me, we'll go through a situation. Mm -hmm. We did this. He kind of blew up. He threw me against the wall, threw me on the really ground. Happened. And I had to tell her what really happened and remind her of who she is. Mm -hmm. Like, because a lot of times that's not, and again, don't take this up on yourself. It's not your job to fix anybody else's things. But if you have space to hold and you can affirm your friend and affirm who they are and let them know they're not crazy, then you can do that. I'm curious, though, like, you know, you you hold space for people, validate their feelings, giving them resources, helping them reframe in their head. And yet, whether it's with this situation or anything, like, how do they actually get out of it if, if they're so caught up in that way? Um, People have breaking points. And that like, mm. like she had a whole breaking point where she was like, I thought I was going to die. And so then she left the last mm. person that I So knew. wait till it gets so serious. Yeah. Or something just clicks one day. It's like almost like, you know, people keep telling you certain advice and it doesn't ever hit you. And then one day it does. Mm. And so if you have space, always honor your own boundaries. Always make sure you have your own therapist. Um, don't try to be anybody else's therapist. All I did was hold space for her and love on her. And then also help her get an exit plan. Every time we talked, I was like, okay, so what we doing? How we doing this? Mm -hmm. And you know, um, but you can just give them resources, try to get them access to counselors. If you can help them get out of a situation, do that, but be very careful. Cause when people are in very serious domestic violence situations, it can be very dangerous for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. So just throwing that out there, but on the very opposite end of the spectrum, like the less serious ones, people might not think it's that like my guy friends who I told them, no, that's domestic violence. Mm -hmm. That girl is smacking you. Mm -hmm. Nah, man, she just crazy. No, bro, that, sh that shit is not safe. It is not okay. And that doesn't end well at all. Yeah, it doesn't. You shouldn't let anybody hit you. And mm -hmm. so I, I don't know, it, it's kind of tough, but if you can just listen and try to direct them to resources, um, ca is calling the cops a good idea? We don't have that on here, but I would say not always because, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, we already know how police are with black people and brown people and in different situations. And you don't want that to lead to their death. But also sometimes you do have to call the cops, but also cops aren't always the best people for those situations. So I think now in California and maybe some other states, there are other like mental health type people that come out and do stuff. Or hopefully I think they're working towards that or something on a bill. Yeah. If you, if you call, um, nine eight eight, like you can get in only in certain places though. So it's like in California and LA area, they, they have people only so many, but, um, that they will send out like more of like the mental health. Um, it's a different kind of vehicle and stuff out to you, mm -hmm. but this, I'm glad you said that. Cause it also reminds me of, um, partner was like, Oh, upstairs. So there is two guys who are in a relationship um, who live upstairs from him. And he's like, I heard like they were going to blows. And I was like, that's interesting. Cause like, even in that situation, right? Like that's a whole nother um, kind of facet of it. It's like, what do you think about that? Because it's two guys fighting. Um, he's like, I don't care. It's still domestic violence. And mm -hmm. like, he said, he talked to, um, he saw one of them, you know, like a couple days later and was like, Hey, let me talk to you. Like, you know, I heard everything going on upstairs. I just want you to know, like, uh, I need y'all to like figure it out, <laughs> and also like if I hear something that sounds like y'all are fighting, like I I am gonna call the police. And I was like, well, how do you feel about that? Because you know these two black guys up here, and like he's like, I don't care. Like he's like, I think about it. Like if it was a man and woman, what I would call the police. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, even if it's two guys, like I think I would still call the police. So that's something that I think is interesting to think about because I was like, mm, I don't know, because I don't know is that more danger or not, but also. 
Um, I thought that was a really good question, especially when you talk about um, relationships. Yeah, same-sex relationships. Interpersonal, intimate violence. Yeah, because also if it was two women, it'd be like, okay, well, they're they're two women fighting, so, you know, whatever happens, happens. But, um, yeah, what's the line for that for calling additional support? Yeah, you have to go with however you feel about that. I won't tell you one way or the Mm -hmm. other, but I'll just say in situations, um, I've seen abusers be able to turn it off and act like nothing is wrong mm-hmm. and make the other person look crazy. And then that person, because they're already in that position, kind of assume that anyway. So like people will come out and it'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. So you they're say, just going crazy. Oh, I messed up and he did this. And it's like, okay, what do you want us to do? Yeah. And so I don't know, but I do think if um, it would be good to have that on record if they do things mm-hmm. like taking pictures having all of your your data so you can file a restraining order or press charges or any of those things um and that's what makes it so hard too is because like because you really love this person mm-hmm. like you don't want to even press charges on them you know like you don't want to put them in a bad situation it's more like you just want to get out or you want to be uh free or happy or whatever um but like you know even just talking about this and more it's just it's such a sticky situation um and it's so crazy how like we really don't want to see harm come to people even when they're doing wrong um, because we care about them. Yeah, it's so nuanced and so many layers. Um, if you are trying to get away, society does not like to believe people about abuse. So it is better to have records, pictures of bruises of yourself mm-hmm. after what it looked like after they attacked you, whatever. Um, if you are planning on moving out and that could be part of your escape plan or your safety plan. But just to run through those one more time, be, no, be non-judgmental. Um, try to stay around and support as much as you can, but always honor yourself in that situation. Listen and hold space, validate their feelings, remind them of who they are, but also guide them to resources and help them form a safety plan. Mm-hmm. I'm about to drop the resources, but just a reminder, we've leaned a little bit more towards like more intense or continual mm-hmm. partner violence, but just one instance counts too. And if that has only happened one time, thank God, but like still get counseling and work through that with your partner, because nobody like nobody deserves to be mentally, physically or emotionally abused Mm -hmm. like they don't. And nobody should stay in those situations if it does become continual. Yeah, I would highly um, recommend and suggest that the first sign you see of somebody being okay, just even like kind of pushing you Mm -hmm. or maybe they're kind of screaming anything that just seems like it's like "Eh, it's a little too much. Um, I would encourage you to to say something to them like, hey, this isn't gonna, this isn't acceptable. I don't want you to do X, Y, Z. Um, and if that happens again, I think you got to dip like before you even get too caught up in it. Um, because like she said, it kind of either starts with that and or a lot of times that's like kind of women's brand where it's like real slight, but then it just is all the time. Um, and you just don't want to be in that situation because you're being disrespected in general. So whether they are hurting you or, or putting marks on you and all of that, it's beyond that. It's just the fact that you are putting your hands on me in at all, or the fact that you are trying to manipulate me or control me and all of that stuff is, it's just not worth it. No, um, that's not love. Yeah, that, that exactly. Like those are things you just have to recognize and whew, it's, it'd be so hard. Cause that's the things we see and be like, I can fix this or I change can. this. And like, you gotta just be like, I'm good. 
Um, Carly, what are some resources for folks if they are dealing with this issue? So this actually helps with our last question about who should you call. Mm -hmm. If you or someone you know needs help today, immediate and confidential support is available 24-7 through the National Domestic Violence Hotline. You can visit thehotline.org or call 1-800-799-7233 or text START to 88788. Services are rendered in English, Spanish, and have more than 200 languages available in their in-call translator service. Okay, that's good. So thinking about that instead of calling police directly. Please do that um, if you or anyone you know is in that situation. Then I also found another good resource, which is the National Resource Center on Domestic Violence. And if you go there, they are a link to other groups in your community and other mm -hmm. spaces. So if you're looking to leave a situation to look to looking for a counselor who specializes in this maybe in like a group setting where you can talk about it and process things you've been through check them out the national resource center on domestic violence Yay. all right so we hope you got something out of this um episode today a better understanding of how people may be dealing with domestic mm -hmm. and um, intimate partner violence ways to spot it ways to help others um ways to even acknowledge maybe experiences in your own life and with your own people um, and that you continue to help us bring awareness to other folks this month specifically, as well as pay attention to the folks around you. Have a great week. Peace out.